So one can argue that product management as a discipline is mostly misunderstood by a lot of companies out there. Now, one idea to get it, get it right is to maybe call ourselves problem managers, which I'll discuss in detail today. My guest, Steve Johnson, will also share with you, uh, Steve's got a tool to help PMs easily figure, uh, you know, whether a task that's been assigned to them is product management or not, and also some action items, you know, which you can take away, uh, you know, today and then change the way product is done at your org, if that's the case. Now, Steve Johnson is an author, speaker, and strategist uh, within the technology product community at Under 10 Consulting. He helps product teams implement the latest methods of uh, today's business environments. A founding instructor at uh, Pragmatic Marketing and now a process coach with Under 10, Steve has been a longtime advocate for product management, serving as an advisor to a number of technical product organizations and industry associations. So get ready, guys, for this fun chat today with Steve on maybe we should be problem managers. Hey, I'm your host, Cyrus Shirazian, and welcome to PM Hub Podcast, a show dedicated to bringing you fresh and unique insights from product leaders and tech entrepreneurs. All right, Steve, welcome to PM Hub. Thanks for inviting me. Well, Steve, I think today's talk is going to be uh, very interesting. Uh, the concept of like, you know, we as the product managers, maybe we should go by problem managers. Uh, but I guess, you know, putting my PM hat on and uh, starting with why, why is in product management, in your opinion, misunderstood at most organizations out there today? Well, you know, um, <clears throat> let me get there a roundabout way. I majored in marketing in college, and I learned that marketing was strategy. And then I joined a software company and found out that marketing was where t-shirts come from. And the word marketing means so many things to so many different people. To marketing professionals, it's, again, it's strategy. And yet to salespeople and anybody outside of marketing, they're like, oh, yeah, that's where my leads come from, or that's where my ads come from. Uh, product management seems to be the same problem, that it's in the eye of the beholder. And I, um, in particular, the inventors of Scrum said, you know, we don't really know what a product manager is. So we're going to invent our own title. We're going to call it product owner. And it's the job as seen through the eyes of development. And in fact, if you go back and read the original literature, it's kind of it's pretty fascinating because what they are describing is what I would call a product manager, you know, a representative of the market. And yet they limit that representation to the development team. As I learned product management, product management is engaging with executives, engaging with sales and marketing, engaging with development, engaging with all parts of the organization. And that's not how development sees it. And that's fair, right? If you let development define the, 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 if you let development define product management, they'll define it from their needs. And that, again, that makes sense. If you did the same thing with sales, if you went to our sales team and said, hey, what does a product manager do around here? Or what should a product manager do? They would say a product manager helps me close deals, which is actually not product management. It's called it's something else entirely called sales engineering. 
And if you went to marketing, they'd say, oh, well, you know, we need somebody to provide product content like blogging and so forth. And so everybody's got their own little idea of what it is. And it depends on what companies you've worked for or what training firms you've engaged with is to, uh, will determine what kind of product manager you become, if that makes sense. And in fact, there's, there's actually three different, de three different definitions. One is the strategy person, the one who identifies problems to be solved and does the business planning of getting the financing to do the thing and then describing it to you know, the development team and then launching it into sales and marketing and into the, into the market. Um, another definition is more of the product owner role or really what's product planning, which is down at the release level or even the iteration level. You know, let me read aloud to you from Jira effectively. Um, let me engage almost entirely with the development team. And of course that has a flaw in that if you're spending all of your time with the development team, how are you going to represent the market since you've never been in the market? And I, I talked to a few people who, I, you know, I say, when was the last time you had a meeting with a, a customer? And they go, oh, wouldn't that be nice? You know, it's been over a year since I had a meeting with a customer. Hmm. Um, and then the third role, and then I'll, I'll take a breath and you can, you can pop back in here. The third role is product marketing, um, or as I think of it, product growth. So we've got this product we have now. You know, it's not like we're going to change it anytime soon. The developers are working on the next release, but we've got this product now. How can we sell more of it? And increasingly, I'm seeing product marketing take on that strategy role as well, because the, the product managers are so busy working with development that they don't have time to do the business planning as well as the go to market. So there's, those are the three roles I see in product management, the product strategy person, the product planning person, the product marketing person. And the sad truth is for many agile teams, the product planning has become a full-time job for the product owners and they don't have time to do the business planning or the go-to-market planning. No, that's, that's fairly clear. Thanks for breaking it down. Now, I'm curious to know, how do you define product management, Steve? <laughs> you know, I should have a, a really crisp answer to that, shouldn't I? <laughs> I mean, as crisp yeah. as it gets, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm trying to remember a particular slide where I described it. Um, a product manage product management is is systematically turning good ideas into successful products, and the key word I'm looking for in that is um, well, successful is a good word, but systematic. And this gets me to a a, a, a real difference of people. Um, there are some people who do whatever it takes to get something to happen. You know, they're expediters. They're like, just get it done. And product managers aren't like that. Product managers are, let's get it done right so we don't have to do it over again. And salespeople and services people and support people tend to be very much the expediter. It's like, 
I've got somebody on the phone. I have to deal with the issue. I want to get them off the phone. I want to resolve. I want to, you know, I, I want this taken care of. I don't care about being, you know, the documentation or I don't care about being systematic about it. I just need to deal with this fire. And maybe that's even the best metaphor. There are many people in our companies who are firefighters. Product managers should not be firefighters. They should be fire preventers. And it's an, I think it's an entirely different mindset. But at the end of the day, in, in the answer to your earlier question, uh, it's about systematically turning good ideas into successful products. Yeah. And I love how you elaborated on that and kind of like made it, make, made it a distinction uh, from there as well. Now, uh, you know, if you want, if you were to kind of like talk about the main product activities and elaborate on each one of them, that would be great. Okay, cool. Well, you know, let me work backwards. So, so we have, so we've got a product in the market, mm-hmm. and well, no, let me do it another way. Three things keep executives up at night, particularly in startups, but even in more established companies. How do we sell more of what we've built? Are we, um, can we build what we've planned and are we planning the right things to build? And so let me start at the, the first question. How do we sell more of what we, how do we sell more of what we have? Uh, to me, that's about product growth. It's selling this release, this product, selling what we have now. And so that's an important function and yet I think that for many product people, they interpret that as let me go on more sales calls. Let me help sales close more deals. Let me run a campaign or let me get, you know, work with marketing to do a, a you know, fairly tactical thing. And the challenge I give to people who are in product growth is to, uh, identify friction in buying what you know how do you sell more of what you have today well you make it really easy to buy Mm -hmm. so where's the friction and this is why the number one research tool for product marketing or product growth people is win-loss analysis finding out why do we win and why do we lose and here's what's really funny not only do executives and sales teams not know why they lose deals, they don't really know why they win deals either. So you ask them and they say, oh, well, we lost the deal because your product sucks and the price is too high. And we won the deal even though your product sucks and the price is too high because I simply outsold the other guy. And that is absolute bunk. The reality is if a product manager, product marketer, um, a a growth manager were to do win-loss analysis, you'd find most of your losses are not even related to the sales team. They're related to marketing. The, The client didn't have the information they needed to make a good decision. We got thrown out early. Um, the sales team wasn't equipped to answer the questions that needed to be asked. And so I, through win-loss analysis in particular, I challenge product growth managers to identify friction and then sit down with marketing and say, okay, I found this problem. How do you suggest we solve it? So 
this puts everybody in a, in a weird, interesting, great place. And that is the product manager is finding problems in the market. That is problems uh, that are causing buyer friction. And marketing is a development agency. In marketing, they say, all right, we're brilliant communicators. We're brilliant at campaigns and programs and the mechanics of marketing. Tell us what problem you're trying to solve. And so I do my win-loss analysis. I come into marketing. I say, you know, a lot of people are having a hard time understanding why we're doing 64-bit outer joins in the multi-tenanted environment. And they go, well, gosh, can you train the salespeople on that? I'm like, yeah, I could, but they can't remember it and they, they're not trusted anyway. And they go, hmm, well, why don't we, we could do, you know, let's do two things. Let's do a white paper and let's also get our CTO in front of a video and we can record him talking about why the, we made these technology decisions and, in, and empower the sales team with that information. So a, a growth manager is trying to see how do we sell more of what we have today? They research friction and then work with their development team called marketing in this case to create campaigns or programs or tools to reduce the friction. So that was the right. products we have now, right? Mm -hmm. The planning role, whether it's product manager, product owner, product planner, uh, is focused on what are we going to build next? And likewise, they are focused on problems to be solved. This probably more problems for our users rather than problems for our buyers. Um, hmm. Right? We saw friction before with the products we have now with buyers trying to buy our product and, and running into frustration. Now they've bought our product. The users are complaining. It's not going as well as we'd like. We identify friction. And that turns into stories, which turns into prototypes, which turns into features, right? So the, the, the main thing that product managers or product owners should be doing is discovery research with people who actually use our product, looking for areas of friction as they try to use it to perform their job. Um, and, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about Zoom lately. So I've been using Zoom for, I don't know, three or four or five years. Um, and then suddenly in 2020, every teacher in America is now using Zoom, which it was not designed for. Mm. It wasn't designed for children or teachers, both of whom, well, actually, just like always, the teachers know a lot less about the technology than the students in most cases. There's nothing in Zoom for teachers. It's perfect for what you and I would use it for. I mean, it's great for setting up a quick meeting. We just talk, we see each other, all that stuff. But for teachers, I need to see things like how, what children are not engaged. Um, who has, who's answered the most questions? Who's answered the least questions? How do I keep them entertained if you if if you use that word with education how do i ensure people are participating 
Um, how do I make sure bad things don't happen? Like we're going to go into breakout groups and I can't watch them all. How can I make sure that little Johnny doesn't do something inappropriate? A whole other set of problems for teachers. And so I hope the folks at Zoom are looking at how do we improve the next release targeted this new persona? What, are, what friction are they running into as they try to use Zoom as a teaching platform? So that's the product owner role. And then the third role was the product strategy role. It's sometimes called business um, development, except unfortunately, a lot of salespeople have taken that title. Uh, business development is being another name for sales. But um, many of the teams that I work with, well, no, we'll do it this way. I was talking to the president of a company just a couple of weeks ago, and he said, all of our revenue comes from products that we've had more than five years. In other words, they don't have, they haven't had anything new. They haven't had any new sources of revenue in five years. And that's appalling and really frightening for him. It's like, what if, you know, tomorrow we all wake up and everybody realizes they don't need our old products anymore and we don't have a pipeline. And I've read that 80 some odd, 80 percent or more of presidents say innovation is critical to their future and fewer than 10 percent have confidence in their ability to, to innovate. To me, that's what this strategy role is about, the product strategy role that I think of really as product manager or strategic product manager rather than a technical product manager. The strategic product manager is saying, well, let's interview the market. Let's look at new markets that might use our product. Let's look at new products that might interest our existing market and build a backlog of business ideas, not a backlog of features or, or stories, but a backlog of whole new lines of business. Like back to Zoom, they might even be sitting in a room right now going, let's build a new Zoom product designed specifically for education. Let, um, speaking of them, Zoom, a couple of months into uh, the 2020 school year where everybody was using Zoom, they partnered with a company called D10 to build a Zoom tablet called D10Me, I think it is. But it's, a, it's only for Zoom. It's mm -hmm. not a general purpose tablet. It's a Zoom tablet. And that's all it does. And it's got a good webcam and it's got good speakers and it's got a good microphone and all of those things that are not true for any of the gear that's in the school system, <laughs> right? They're using 10 year old computers that are terrible, right? So I, I'll be interested to see if that, that tablet does well for them. A dedicated for Zoom tablet would be appropriate for many applications. I think most most of my nerd friends say, oh, I can get everything I need on my existing tablet. But then I spent $1,000 on my tablet, not $300, which is what the teachers have. So three roles. Uh, product growth, how do we sell more of what we've already built? Right. Um, the planning role, product owner role of uh, identifying friction that prevents our customers from achieving satisfaction. And then the strategy role of what new products should we be building for the future? What new markets or new what new markets for our products or what or what new products for our markets?
Those yeah. are the three roles. Yeah, and I love how you broke it down and gave example for us and how, you know, the main role of a product manager is a discovery part of like, you know, what needs to come next and how are we going to, like you mentioned, build a new product that technology is enabling us or there's a new market for it or a customer's like, you know, is, is from the where the customers and kind of like their needs come from, right? So I love how you broke each down and kind of elaborate on those. And actually, one can argue, once you build the right product as a product manager, it's going to make the product growth, uh, th their jobs much easier because the product is so good that, you know, it's not that hard to market and sell it, right? Well, that's true. Although it's almost at odds. I mean, it's, it's like two trends we're having in the industry right now that are at odds. One is product-led growth which says, you know, build a great product, the product sells itself, you build uh, um, capabilities in there that make it easy to share with your friends, easy to grow the network, product-led growth is brilliant. At the very same time, we're, we're also talking about MVP, get the minimal product out there into the market so you can do validation, and it's kind of hard to reconcile those two ideas. One is build a great product, which, in reality, is like MVP 10, right? I mean, you you come you you come out with something, and then keep improving. And I think MVP in particular is an area that people are confused by. It doesn't mean put out a terrible product. An MVP is an experiment, and I prefer to think of it not as multi, not minimal viable. Hang on, I got to start my sentence over. I prefer to think of it not as minimum viable product, but minimum viable prototype. Mm. The idea of a prototype is I want to test this one thing. Let me build it. Let me test it. Let me get my feedback. And then I can, I can adjust or pivot based on that feedback. Instead of saying I'm going to put out something lousy and then improve it over time, which is, I think, how most people have interpreted MVP. Like what you hear so far, make sure to never miss an episode by clicking on the subscribe button now. This podcast has been made possible by listeners like yourself, and I'm thankful for your support. Now, let's head back to the show. That's very interesting. And yeah, definitely. I, I've, I've seen cases like that before. Now, uh, I know that you've actually developed a tool that to clarify the product roles. I'd love I'd love to hear more about it. Like you know, how did you come about uh, making? And also, if you can give us an overview what what it does and how it helps the PMs uh, kind of like to clarify sure. the product role. Sure. Well, you know, I I do um, a fair amount of training and coaching with product teams, and you know, I've got this view or this this role very so solidly. Uh, so firmly in my head of what something is. And so I'll say, you know, this is the job of product manager. And invariably, someone will say one of two things. They'll either say, well, I'm not a product manager. What am I supposed to do? And I'm like, I don't really know. You know, what do you do? And the other thing I hear is, well, wait, should I do this thing? Um, I would... <laughs> A uh, big aside, I was on a panel with a bunch of consultants, and frankly, I hate panels because people come to them expecting an answer, and they get five answers. And in this case, it was even, it was the worst I've seen. Um, we talked about what is the role of product manager, and the last person said, 
the role of product manager is to do everything that development doesn't want to do. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, and, you know, and the other consultants were just stunned. I mean, we, we, we couldn't even, you know, respond. It was so shocking. Um, so what I encounter is so many product managers doing good, you know, somebody comes in and says, dude, could you help me? And you're like, yes, I want to be helpful. And sales, sales guy calls and says, hey, can you go on a sales call with me? Or can you get on the phone with this customer? And you're like, yes, I want to be a team member. I want to be a team player. And development says, hey, could you do this thing for me? And marketing says, could you do this thing for me? And before you know it, you're doing a really good job of helping other people, but you're not doing product management. So you need to have, a, I think, a fairly crisp way of thinking about what is and is not your job. And you, you picked it up earlier when we talked about problems, right? Finding friction, finding problems, the discovery role, that is primarily product management. So if you looked at everything you're asked to do, it's going to fall in one of three categories. It's either about delivery to a customer or it's about designing a solution or it's about discovering a problem. The, right. the last one is product management. So a, a sales guy calls me and says, dude, I need you to work on an RFP for me. Well, if that's the exception, I mean, I'm a pretty good writer. Okay, fine. I, you, we've worked together on this RFP. But that cannot be my job. That's, an, that's something I'm doing on the side from my job. If we do a lot of RFPs, then we ought to have an RFP writer or, or a, uh, a, an RFP librarian who can pull together answers we've given before and respond officially to RFPs. Anytime something becomes a system, then the, that department ought to own it. So if, if we're doing a lot of RFPs, we're doing two or three a week, we ought to have somebody in sales whose job it is to deal with RFPs. But an RFP is a document for a single customer. It's about delivery of something we already have to, an, to one customer. Um, the Let's see, um, I get a call from my boss and he says, you know, I was just looking at some of the stuff for the next release. You need to design a better user interface. And a lot of product managers are doing this. And the problem is that's not product management. That is solutions design. It's the role of the UX designer or a, a uh, an artistic developer, perhaps. But I'm kind of good at it. So I do it, maybe, just like I did that RFP. And that can only be the exception, because if it's the rule, if it's all the time, then we need to hire somebody to do that all the time. Um, so whenever you get something in, somebody says, could you do me this favor? Immediately, categorize it. Is this about delivery to a customer? Is this about designing a solution or is this about identifying or discovering a problem, either in the 
a problem that will inform, you know, our, our development of a new feature or a problem that will inform development of a new marketing campaign, either discovery. And so no matter what happens, somebody comes to you and says, one of those, you know, whatever it is they say, does it go into problem discovery, solution design, or customer delivery? And if it's the first one, if it's problem discovery, then yes, it's product management and you should do it. If it's one of the other two categories, it's not product management and you can choose to do it, but not, you should not be doing it frequently. Steve, I'd love to, if you could share a couple of uh, past experiences where you kind of like use this tool that you just uh, shared with us and to help them consult, to get some clarity on the role of a product manager. You know, I'm still stuck on the, um, the, uh, the last thing you said. Um, one of my recent customers made the point on roles of, uh, of product management. He said, you know, when he came there, their definition of product manager was um, waiter in a restaurant. Hmm. That buyers and their sales representatives come into the restaurant and they place their order. And the product manager, the waiter, takes the order back to the kitchen where development is and says, please assemble for me this thing. And I said, well, you know, that, that metaphor bothers me on, on so many levels. But, um, you know, if I'm running an Italian restaurant and somebody comes in and orders, you know, a hamburger, it's like, well, we don't make that here. We're an Italian restaurant. We make Italian food. And they're like, yeah, well, I was just kind of in the mood for some chicken fingers. It's like, well, there's a, there's a McDonald's down the street. Go, go there. Um, but it's more like you want the product manager to at least be a fitness coach so that, you know, when somebody comes into your restaurant and says, I want spaghetti, but instead of marinara, I want you to put motor oil on it with windshield wipers on top. <laughs> and, and you're like, well, I, I know that, you know, the customer is always right, but you're wrong. You, you do not want this. It is not good for you. You will not enjoy it. Even though the customer is asking for it, as the product manager, I have to say you're wrong. <laughs> but, you know, uh, more about uh, another interesting thing that's going on in, in the world. I've spent most of my career coaching uh, product managers that work for software vendors Increasingly, IT shops are adopting product management for a very simple reason, and that is projects never finish. Hmm. It used to be, you know, you would build something and you'd say, all right, the project is done. We've implemented X. We're done. We're out of here. But in particular, if we're using, if we're installing vendor products, um, but even if we're doing, you know, custom solutions, they never end. You know, as soon as you implement Salesforce, you know, you've got a long litany of requirements to improve or change or, or you know, customize Salesforce in your environment. So more and more companies are saying we, we, we no longer need project managers. We need product managers who are systematically turning good ideas into successful products. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And it's, it's interesting. It's increasing. I, I've heard a lot of uh, the contacts that I know who actually are into B2B space. 
where you know the customer and the user are two different kind of parties you know the customer mm-hmm. pays for the product and their users use it they're also trying to get because they get pushbacks from their users they are also adopting uh, product thinking to their approaches instead of just like hey just a feature kind of like a pay pay per feature kind of uh, situation right so i think there's a shift for sure happening mm-hmm. uh, yeah so uh, I, I mean I'm also like if you were to put it in step by step, let's say as a product person, as a product manager, product leader, if you want to change the way that product is done in their org, because like we talked about, a lot of orgs out there, they do product the wrong way. What would be your suggestion? Well, when I initially engage with teams, I first start with titles and roles and responsibilities. Um in some companies, I see two people doing the same thing and zero people doing another thing. So getting clarity on that. Uh, and then my challenge, my charter to anybody whose first, who's the first word in their title is product is to spend face-to-face time, if possible, with the people who use your products. And I, again, I'm, I continue to be amazed at how few people are making product decisions who have never seen anybody use their product, um, including, oh, by the way, including salespeople have never used the product. So one more reason why salespeople are valuable resources, but they're not the only input. Um, but, you know, other than the, the, the thing I've been spending most of my time on is, is working with teams on roles and responsibilities and then giving them the simplest possible playbook. Um, I'm big on minimal process, um, uh, big on templates. You know, everybody seems to be able to fill out a template. So, um, you know, here's here's a persona template. You know, here's the kind of person who buys your product. Here's the kind of person who uses your product. Okay, great. Here's an interview guide. Uh, go interview some of those people and write down what you've learned. And then we'll go into, you know, business planning. Or then we'll go into story writing. And then we'll go into backlog grooming. And, and you know, there's a very logical progression for product managers to go from idea to market. And that needs to be in a playbook. Um, and yeah, and you know the 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 key the key deliverables in that playbook are what I've written about in my own book, called from called turn ideas into products, um, and it walks through those major deliverables in a playbook, from uh, all the way from I have an idea to you know we're doing one loss analysis. Very cool. So is is this book avail- available to order now? It's available from Amazon, yes. It's called Turn Ideas into Products. And for those of you who are listening, I'm holding it up, and I'm the only one who can see it. But anyway, turnideasintoproducts.info will take you there. Okay, very cool. I'll make sure to add the link in the description. Thanks for sharing. Okay. And uh, my last question, Steve, for you was, how, how can our listeners you know, hear more about your work uh, out there? Well, I have a website called under10consulting.com, and a shortcut to that is U, the, the, the letter U, one zero, dot com. No, that's not right. The letter, you know, pretend I didn't say that. But anyway, U10.me is a shortcut to under10consulting.com. 
Um, and you've got my bio there and a link to my book and uh, our key articles on topics like roles and responsibilities in playbooks and you know, uh, different tools that we see product managers needing and not having any good source for. Right on, right on. And you mentioned you also coach PMs out. Do you still do that? Um, yeah. Um, I'd say the primary part of my work is what I call applied coaching. I will work with a PM team on each of the artifacts from idea to market, and we'll do one a week. So one week we'll do a vision canvas, and the next week we'll do personas, and the next week we'll do stories, and, and I basically walk them through the entire life cycle over the span of 10 weeks. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, uh, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. We talked about this whole concept of like, you know, product management and, let, you know, problem managers in a way as well. We'll be talking about it and how that's kind of like a main uh, focus. Area. But thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. That's it for this week's episode of PM Hub Podcast, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And now feel free to share this show if you enjoyed it on your LinkedIn social media. Leave a five-star review so we can reach more audience. And if you have any suggestions, please send me an email at cyrus at productmanagerhub.org. Or you can just reach out to me on social media. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Now, you can get all the tips and action items of this episode for free at this bit link I'm going to give you. It's bit.ly forward slash pmhub22. Also, subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I'm Cyrus Shirazian, and until next show, stay safe and healthy.